Hi fam, welcome to Unlaced Project. I'm your host Steph with co-host BT, where we unlace creatives, entrepreneurs, athletes, and the stories that make them who they are. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and follow and like us on Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your favorite pods. What's up, Unlaced fam? Today we have with us Rosario Rios Aguilar, the one and only, a.k.a. The Chad. The Chad. The Chad. Chad <laughs> is, I need to pull out my notes for where Chad is. Yeah. Chad oh, is, no. she has a master's from Long Beach State. She has a CSCS. She has a USA weightlifting. I'm assuming that's weightlifting, not wrestling. USA weightlifting certificate, USA track and field level two, CrossFit level three, (laughs) sports performance and movement specialist. Wow. And DRS athletics owner and director of training. Wow. So what don't you do? You know, I'm not very good at braiding hair. Okay. Okay. It has to be one thing you say for someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I want to learn though. I want to learn. Well, you guys are making me sound super good over there. I was telling uh, kiddo, I'm like, I'm my worst sports agent ever. I'm like, hi, <laughs> and that's it. I understand. Yeah. That could be tough mm-hmm, you know, to give your credentials. Well, when you, you, have a, you have an entire book of credentials, that can be tough. <laughs> Look at you all bashful. Well, we'll get into, um, <laughs> I'll talk a tad more about you so you can like, like graces with your stories. So Chad was born and raised in Chiapas in Mexico. Where in thank you. Okay. I got that Chiapas. Um <laughs> uh, where she was a child superstar. Um she was like one of Chiapas greatest of all time with what boxing, kickboxing, track and field, basketball. I mean, well tell us about just growing up in wow. Chiapas and your stardom. So I think it was more like it started all back in a little town. Started on a little town. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Chiapas is where my mom and my mom's side's from, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Mexico City is where my my dad's side is. So I was there quite a bit. So it's very different, two different worlds. Mm-hmm. And so you know, in Chiapas, you just play. You play. You climb. You swim. You throw rocks. You pick them up. You just have fun. And um, I picked up Taekwondo with my brother and then sports, swimming, basketball, soccer. Those were my main thing, like martial arts. And that's how I started. Just playing, you know, you just play everything. Just go outside and play. Go outside and play and climb that tree and then, you know, climb the next one, get a tamarind, get a mango. So (laughs) that's how it was. That's what we do. (laughs) All right. I love it. Want some mangoes? Okay, go climb that tree. Just the superior athlete. That's how you develop your skills. So if you think about it, right? You're mm-hmm. just climbing, okay, you're pulling, you're pushing, all that stuff. So soccer, we, we play with, uh, you guys remember those juices? Well, I don't know if you guys have them down here, but those juices that when you squished them, they became like a little triangle thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was like a soccer ball sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, oh. you kind of play. So you develop that coordination and then you develop that, like your feet can do more stuff, you know, because it's like this little triangle compared to a soccer right. ball. I just went cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I started, just playing and then being around my brothers, my cousins, had tons of male cousins, female cousins, and more that I could count with both my feet and my hands. So mm. 
that's how you get play. Okay. So then wow. tell us about you, how you journeyed over here and when and, and, and what cultural and language barriers that you may have seen or had to overcome um, as you trans- transitioned over here. Okay. So this is a funny story. Uh-oh. <clears throat> when I moved from Chiapas to Mexico City to live with my dad because I was playing basketball there, I was at a pretty high level there. And my mom got a scholarship to come here to the Americas, to United States of America. I was in all-girls school there, and it was a private school, and they were teaching you, you know, English, and they wanted to teach French and Spanish. And to be honest, I wasn't the I didn't like other languages as much uh-huh. like math or science. So I remember uh not really being into the English class. So I would just, you know, perhaps switch my homework with someone that didn't like math. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, make it make it work. And I remember when I first came here, it was 1999, August 29, 1999. And everyone's speaking English, right? We arrived in San Francisco and everyone started talking English and everything. I was like, oh man, I should have not done that training. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Because I hated it so bad then, but how much I needed it here, yeah. right? So I arrived and I was like, oh, I have no idea. I only know colors, maybe numbers, hmm. bathroom. But bathroom, I remember this in Europe, Steph, where it was, you see, that's your bathroom. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, so that was crazy yeah. because we, the college we went to, the initials were dub C. So oh. you and I would both wear our college shorts to our practices in Europe. And the kids would like point and laugh and at laugh. us. And we're like, what are these kids yeah. laughing at? You're like, y'all got bathroom shorts. Clowning. Right? <laughs> Clowning on your head. Oh. You're like, Dubsy. <laughs> yeah. so that's how we got to, uh, to the United States, through my mom. She, she was a teacher and she got a scholarship. And she was going to bring us for a year and just introduce us to a different world. And then she ended up you know, staying here longer because she got, she got that prolonged it was an internship and then a scholarship. And then she mm. just kept getting better and helping people and what she was doing as a teacher. Love it. And we were like, I guess we're staying. And I've been wow. here longer than I have been at, back home now. That's I know. Wow. I was like, what? wow. That is exciting. So how old were you? I was 13. Wow. And you knew no English. that is a tough no. age to transition to the States. Yes. Not knowing English. Teenager. Teenage. Oh, girl. So how was that? Did you go to a private or a public school? Oh, this one, when I came to the United States? Oh, no. Straight to public, right? It was, it was, okay, so it was eighth grade going into my ninth grade. And it was cultural shock for Mm -hmm. sure. First Mm -hmm. of all, I never got in food served to us in Mexico for like cafeteria, you know how you get. Okay. So I was like taking my lunch. My mom was making lunch. And then I remember the first time we got to the cafeteria and they were serving us. And then, you know, you go in a line and they served me this little corn dog that I didn't know at the time it was a corn dog. And I'm like, what is this? I want to tacos, quesadilla, something, you know? <laughs> and then fries with this melted yellow thing. And I'm like, what is that? And then I see everyone kind of like dipping it in the ketchup and eating it. And I'm like, okay. And so I did that. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Oh. I got a corn dog, you know, fried Welcome. Food. Yeah. And I was like, this is delicious. And then they were like, oh, cheese. I was like, oh, that's cheese on my fries. Oh, delicious. Oh, wow. I never had that. So that was a 
food shock, but also cultural shock. I didn't know anything people would, would say, just kind of like point or okay, or my name is, you know, and I wouldn't say my name is Rosario. I would say like chatty. And then they thought it was like chatty, but I wouldn't talk because I didn't know any English. <laughs> So they're like, you're not chatty. Yet. Well, you're not chatty. What's your actual name? Yeah, man, it was it was tough. It was a tough first year for sure. Oh my goodness! And were you playing sports at the time? So at that point, before I came, I was at the highest level in the national level for basketball in Mexico City with my dad. Mm-hmm. He was my coach at the time, and my vision was I want to play in the U.S., but also for soccer. So I was at a pretty mm-hmm. high. I was playing soccer, and I knew soccer here for women was huge, right? Absolutely, yeah. Over there, over there is like not not as much at the time, and so that was my goal to just be professional down here. And but that first year, it was not like my level kind of went down because I didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Middle school ball wasn't like all that so during PE I remember I wanted to like ball it up and like get a workout in and everyone was just like oh run a mile and then you just stretch so I was I was really kind of disappointed in a way because I didn't know what I didn't know right it's I didn't know there was travel ball I didn't know Mm -hmm. so I would just like do pickup games at the park or whatever I could find but I didn't have any guidance because until high school yeah then comes high school receiving it's tougher right Suffer yeah. a girl going into high school because girls in high school, you know, we cute, <laughs> have friends, you're in cliques, yeah. all those components. And then if you want to play sports, you're like the popular one in school. How did you get through all that water? Oh, man. So I graduated a pretty high level with my honors in all my science and all my math. Mm. my reading and my English was just not caught up with that. So going into high school, I didn't want to stay in Oakland because we were living in Oakland. So I didn't want to go to Oakland Unified School because I heard that Berkeley High School had a really good basketball team. And I'm like, I need to be there. Right. And so my mom did her magic and applied all these things to put me in the Chicano studies in Berkeley High School. I was like, yeah. So she made it happen because we were living in Oakland. There's no way you're going to Berkeley if you're right. in Oakland. Hold on. Can we give it up for mom one time? Let's go. Can we give mom her flowers? Doing it. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. She put in the work, you know? So we applied. We made it happen. So freshman year in Berkeley High School, you're right. Everyone has little clicks. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty awesome school. Berkeley High School is a pretty awesome school. And I walk in the gym and I remember I was like, oh, these girls could ball. Like I, I just knew right away. And they were really, really at a top level during those years for both the, the male and the female team. But females were kicking butt. So I just walked on. I asked the coach, hey, but but also that's the thing, though. I didn't have any clicks because I didn't know anybody. And also I was going okay. through, through ESL. I was in enough full okay. on English. Yeah school just through my math and science not through through English so I'm over there like can I play kind of thing you know whatever I could do and then I remember the coach saying well can you ball I'm like yeah I just say yeah and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) and this was through PE so that wasn't even the actual team Wait, uh, hold on. Yeah, the PE teacher got on you talking about can you ball? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. talk about oh, level dang. up in your presidential fitness. 
I'm like, so this is not the actual team that could go because these are pretty good girls. No, it wasn't. It was some of them, but not all of them. So then, you know, through the PE, I started getting seen or whatever. And then I got into a tryout with the actual team. But it was How'd crazy. that go? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a little bit of, um, of a pushback because of my language barrier there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But hey, you make baskets, you don't need to talk, right? You play defense, mm-hmm. you don't really need to talk. But when it came to certain logistics, like mm-hmm. plays and things like that I was like Ugh. and so I would just like very visual yes because I some some little things I wouldn't understand but the logistics okay defense I have to go there okay I got it so it was more of this right and then I started to pick up this slang it was a lot of slang during that I mean think oh, about sure. it Berkeley the hella so I started to try and pick up that I would, you know, I would pick up the dictionary and just look at a word and then find it on slang and say like, okay, just every That's night, funny. because if not, it's like, what is hella? <laughs> then I would ask my cousins because they live there. I'm like, <laughs> right now I say that. Now right. Like, but that wow. was tough because my little clique was the ESL. It was kind of the rejects, you know, it's um, <laughs> like. People that came from India, Mexico, mm-hmm. Salvador, Africa, Ethiopian. I have Ethiopian friends that were awesome. Their food was great. But we were not, we were not the same people as them, right? Right. And so that was tough. But once on the game, it's on the game. Like, you don't have to worry about That's it. It's one language, it's right? That's the right. beautiful yeah. thing about sports. Right. So it's like you show up and you just say, yes, coach. Yes, sir. And then you go. So at what point did you feel like you were starting to pick up the culture and the language? And was it in high school? Did you ever feel like, okay, I think I'm getting a rhythm here. I honestly think it was not in high school at all. Took me a minute. Took me a minute because because then I moved to LA where my dad was. Okay. And then I was still kind of like, oh. and then in LA, Pico Rivera, Whittier, then there's more Spanish speaking. So then I was okay. like, oh. But then I couldn't get too comfortable there because then right. we fell in the other way. So I honestly don't think I started to get the rhythm of that until my community college. So at Rio Hondo. Okay. And once that we were at Whittier. Yeah, it took me a minute. In terms of just, just being myself without having to accommodate so much. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't, you were definitely still uh, picking up the cultural in college when I met you. Yeah, we were we were still trying to convince you as a junior in college why you had to wear shoes in public. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You're walking through bonds with your toes out. You know, it's just like you just want to feel the earth. <laughs> in the produce section at the grocery store. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I would definitely vouch that it took some time. Yeah. Now you know you just gotta be you, but also understand like how it works. Mm-hmm. During that time, like when people come over here, they say they want to live the American dream, right? For whoever that's meant for. Yeah. Did you, during that time, like your dream was to play professionally. Wasn't ever a time where you're like, I can't do this. Like, this is way too difficult. I don't know how I'm going to do this. During a lot of times, even before college and, and all that stuff, I think through high school, Mm-hmm. those high school times where you know you have your dream of you're going to play professional you're going to do this and you start to to wonder okay why or what are they doing 
that I'm not doing or how do they get there? Right. And then you start to hear it, it kind of sucks because you start to hear people kind of pull you away from that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, the WNBA doesn't pay them this much. They don't really, right. them. you know, so you start to feel almost negative, but you're like, no, it shouldn't feel like that because what you want, it's going to be tough. There's going to be challenges. And, but then it started to transform in different ways where like, I wanted to be a professional and maybe that wasn't going to happen. Like when we play overseas, I wanted to stay and continue mm-hmm. playing. Mm-hmm. Then I started thinking maybe that's going to transform into my professional career, giving back and paying it forward. Got so it. that still is going to be something I wanted to do, even though if it's not the WNBA or, mm-hmm. you know, soccer, like professional soccer or like track. So I was able to, I guess, transform it. Definitely redirect it. When you finally come to the points like, okay, I did the professional. Now what? Yeah. I want to be involved. I want to stay connected. Yeah. 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 I think when we were in Europe together, I realized that you only play so much, right? And then mm-hmm. you're away from your family. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then it's like, then what? If I don't come back and do my degree, okay, that's fine. But then I'm going to be 40 and then still playing. And then I'm not going to have anything behind me, you know? Yeah. Kind of start over at again. That point, yeah. That point is like, okay, well, do you want to, do you have to be selfish in a way? to reach certain things and how long are you right. going to continue to feel that way? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's like, you're going to be selfish for the rest of your life to get that. Get there. Yeah. Like, you guys understand that, right? Because yeah. like, you have to stop going to birthdays. You can't go to this event because you have to train, you have to go to sleep. Girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you start to go from like here to like, Oh man, I don't know if I want to do that and not be yeah. part of my family or people I yeah. care about any longer like yeah more important and that's what became my professional goal Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so you you went through high school Mm -hmm. went through college so I'm assuming you did well in college because you had an opportunity to play overseas with this one here what was was that experience like for you guys but we have to come back to that okay but first (laughs) in college what I think was impressive is that how she was an incredible athlete And we actually, I mean, the first time we met, um, I think was the first time we met someone equally as fast as each other. Mm, Um, So it was kind of like this conditioning showdown. (laughs) Like it's like putting our conditioning against each other. Yeah, but even more impressive beyond her athletic ability was her expertise in the classroom, Mm. which I didn't have. I was there to play sports and she was there to get an education. You, we had all the same classes because we we had the same major and I'm trying to sit in the back and she's <laughs> like bringing me to the front. And I'm like, what? I don't, We're I've athletes. never sat in the front. <laughs> uh-huh. And then it's just that that perspective was, was good for me because mm. I'm looking at you who you're learning English and a college um, education at the same time. Wow. And I'm just sitting here not taking advantage of it. I'm right. just like, I'm just here trying Take to play it for sports. granted. We do. So Ooh. I think that was even more impressive to me. Mm. It kind of kicked me in gear, but yeah. And then we went overseas and I, you can, well, you can ask first, I appreciate that, you know, but that, okay. Another shout out to my parents, my dad and my mom. It's still the education <laughs> and being, being into that. They did instill that in me because also my high school, I, I didn't do as, as good as I knew I could do. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, you have a chance here of community college and then 
having a great degree from a great place with your college has great education. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, you have to apply yourself because you can, but also you have this opportunity. Your parents are, are working hard. You're working hard mm-hmm. and your teammates and stuff. But you know, that's funny that you mentioned that because Steph is extremely intelligent and smart, right? She just mm-hmm. had to stay focused and apply <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we both could be super hyper. I mean, we could go on and on with oh. our stories of our classroom. <laughs> but at that point, I had already kind of gathered that from the high school days. And so when we would have like biomechanics and stuff, you know, I'm like, oh, sit right here, sit right here. And it just allows you, you to start turning your focus point most of the time when you're not laughing or you're not oh, eating. Lord. Right. Well, the worst thing that you could have done for me was sit me behind you because like, <laughs> you're first of all, your techniques in the classroom. What is that? <laughs> I mean, I'll be watching. I mean, she'll be sitting here like doing a little pin and doing all this and like doing papers. So I'm watching the show in front of me like. <laughs> it gives me focus. And I had glasses too. Right. So I was like super uh-huh. scholar glasses. So I have like this pen. So I'm really paying attention. This is like biomechanics, like physiology you have to be dialed in you sure do and then sometimes you know that I'm the pen like this. <laughs> so he's <laughs> like oh that's really good but then one time it hit my freaking glass remember? Oh, my <laughs> oh my god so i was like it mm-hmm. didn't just hit your glasses it cracked your glasses yeah, and, like, Ping! and i was like oh. <laughs> it was the worst we lost it so and she turned it's because you turned all the way around in class looked at me dead on it's like did I crack my glasses? <laughs> and it's like this crack. <laughs> Only on a higher frame. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know you see that. You ain't got to ask me. And I just oh lost my. it. Yeah, for another pair. <laughs> oh my goodness. My oh meal money. Wow. Wow. Oh wow. Oh, I think that's amazing. Your parents clearly did a good job instilling that education is number one. Um, And it can take you and open up many doors that could be closed. And I think you're a prime example, you know, coming from Mexico Mm -hmm. where those doors weren't open to you in the first place. Um, But through dedication, consistency, um, passion and hard work, I think you were able to break down those doors and any barriers specifically, you know, learning the culture and the language. So kudos to you, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Yeah. You know, we, without people that I care about that helped, if you literally surround yourself with those people and then you're like, wow, they're doing this, they're doing this. And you start to pick up great things from each other. Right. right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or to, to have this team where it's like, if you're going maybe a little bit off path, Hey man, let's, let's tie you up. And then, yep. you know, so, that's good friendship a good team support is right yeah. right and, and just tying it up at times and checking ourselves and checking each other because it's, it's never gonna be like oh yeah i'm on the path i'm good to go it's you know and it's like Z-Z-Z-Z. yeah that's life right that's life, man yeah up and down left yeah. and right yeah. you gotta keep going yeah so what tell tell us about overseas what was that experience oh. like i mean you're going from mexico to the states Mm-hmm. Now going to Europe. And- well, first we were orange. Remember? <laughs> what did you say? We were orange. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the world? Sweet, well. For some reason, our hair was matching. Both of our hairs ended up looking orange. Like they were orange. 
we got do? we got She's a day not- off finally okay. yeah we had finally got a day off from practice from games from camps from everything and we go walking through the town and we're like oh there's a tanning booth and <laughs> i had never done a tanning booth i mean what i mean that's we're ready just go outside yeah so we stopped in the tanning booth <laughs> we're in germany yeah oh my goodness yeah we stopped and they're like oh this is something you can do because the, i mean six euros man or yeah, something you can like? do yeah yeah. And we both got out and we both turned orange. Our hair turned orange. Oh, I mean, it wasn't even gosh. tan. It was orange. <laughs> it was orange. But hold on. Mind you, this professional over here, she did put those little she things, the eye things on. <laughs> She's like, I did it. No, no, no. She that didn't, didn't put yeah, did it make sense to me. She did it. And I'm like, oh, well, it says to put it on, you know, follow directions over here. <laughs> Channel, follow directions. I'm such a, so I put it on and then, you know, so I come, <laughs> so I come yeah. out, she just starts cracking up. I look like a raccoon. Absolutely. Because, uh-huh. didn't tap. And I'm like, how uh-huh. come yours didn't look out? Because I didn't put it on. Oh my God. It didn't make because sense. I, didn't, I was like, I if you're in a tanning booth, why would I put something on my face? I was like, I'll just close my eyes. See, yeah. I was like, I don't want to burn my eyes through my eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the raccoon. We came back to, was to practice the next day and people just looking at us like, yeah. what happened on your day off? I know. But, but, but yeah, besides that, was <laughs> experience it really yeah. it really shifted because it was completely different than college right it wasn't mm-hmm. like okay you're at a dorm you have mm-hmm. perfect meal plan you can wake up at this time and then you hit your you know your lifts and then you go back for practice and you can shoot some free there no it's like perfect right no mm-hmm. over there our first night there we were at a germany uh, army camp mm-hmm. yeah it's a military camp mm-hmm. we're sleeping in cots and it's like ding 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 like this yeah and it's like, oh, I can hear you breathe and you talk, wash <laughs> your eyelashes, and you know. And then we ate sausages and crap for like, oh. I don't know, a month. So we, you know, so it was a very different experience right. with awesome people, and then a different ball game, right? You have all the all the girls there, the great, they're very technical. Yeah, so they're going to beat you with technicality and defense. Absolutely. They're huge. Yeah. I was playing small forward, and I think one of their point guards was as big as our biggest girl. I was about to say, yeah, they have six foot guards, easy, they're solid. Yeah. They're great, yeah. yeah. And and the the extra step that they get to take. Oh you know, yes, they get to kill you. That was great. You took <laughs> full advantage of that. <laughs> Oh, she oh, stepped her way through every game. Oh, you can see my feet. I mean, yeah, I was like, this kid. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That European step is awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think what was crazy is that, like, how you said, like, basketball is a language, mm-hmm. you know? So we'd be standing in front of a group of kids at camp trying to explain basketball to these Germans. Um, or in French, we were in Belgium. Yeah. And we never used English. We just used, you know, our hands and demonstrations oh. and just kind of talk a basketball language. Mm. Um, and then what would I'd be like, what is this? Because then a kid would come up and ask for more of an exclamation or something. And I would tell them because they know English better than people would expect. Yeah. And I would explain it. And then they'll look at me confused. And then look at Chad, like, can you explain what she just said? <laughs> oh, like, wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She ain't even from where I'm from. 
I say it right. Yeah, that's a, that's different. <laughs> I'm sure my translator. Oh, and my then she God. would say it with her accent on it. They'd be like, oh. And I'm like. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, it just sounded maybe just close to whatever they. <laughs> whatever they. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, I'm glad you brought that up because we had to teach quite a bit of kids in a different, different ages also. Oh, and wow. Ages. I mean, they were great. They were coachable. They were very respectful. Like they were just listening and, and would do it. And it just, there were, there was times though, where you had to switch it up on the spot. Right. Because you mm-hmm. could see their eyes just kind of like you're losing them. Right. Oh yeah. And the cool part too, is they would stay and watch our games when we would be playing. Oh, that's yeah. nice. It was a full yeah. day of camp and wow. everything. And then we would play at nighttime, which that was pretty tiring. Right. Like after mm-hmm. a full camp is tiring. Day. Mm-hmm. then hit hit the game and they would stay and just the community well, you, that was pretty cool to be honest yeah I think even crazier like I was like wow they're like really supportive out here is when we would play games on the road and we go to get on the train and yeah. kids who we had just like trained that week prior would always show up to the train station and like wave us off oh send off it's like oh wow how cute yeah. nice it was crazy. You feel nice, you know, feel important in a different way than mm-hmm, right. you're back in college and everyone just comes and watch because mm-hmm. it's a special night or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it go, it went beyond basketball. For love sure. It. Love it. Love it. Okay. Now what about big entrepreneurship? Okay. Mm-hmm. You sitting up in the office. I see you tag with DRS athletics. <laughs> Tell us about it. How'd you get into DRS? My baby. Your baby. Okay. Do you guys remember Bally Total Fitness? Yeah, do we? That's where I started my first internship as a personal trainer. Yeah, I was, I think, 17 because I know I wasn't 18 yet because I couldn't do personal trainer, right? Because I was still under age. When I started that, even before, I just knew I wanted to do something to pay it forward. And I always wanted to help people. So I was going to go into med school and I was like, no, I don't want to be given drugs you know, things like that. How can I give it back? And when I started that internship, I realized that there was a lot of lack of good movement. And and at the time, what I know now compared to then, right, it's very different, but I could understand that the health industry was just, it was all money. They wanted me to sell this, sell this, sell this product. And I never felt Ever, ever, ever. I was always against it. What can I do? Because I'm not, I'm not fitting here. Physical therapy, great. But then you're not getting them back to normal movement. Personal training, great. But then you're charging $1,000 for someone that doesn't need to be paying that to be healthy again. Mm. So I was like, what do I need to do? So then I started just doing personal training. And then I started doing like park workouts. And I just started doing that where I needed to understand and grow by myself to be like, okay, how can I help people? I started teaching spin classes, aquarobics, and, you know, just working at Live Fitness and uh, Equinox and things just wouldn't just. Wasn't they, a match. Yeah. They yeah. always push the product and push the money, but not the health and wellness. Okay. And that was the other way around, right? So I um, went to college, got my degree, got all these different things started learning more and I always wanted to open a gym. And so I came across um, CrossFit. CrossFit at the time was very, very minimal in terms of like how it was, it is now. And so I applied to, to coach in Huntington Beach and this was through Facebook, right? So I saw a thing come up and I'm looking for a trainer, whatever, send my resume, call me right back, come here on Thursday at 10 a.m. 
Wow. Oh, it's going to take me two hours from Pico Rivera. <laughs> Uh, take my freaking oh old my car that was like driving oh lord the hoopty. And, and honestly when i started seeing the difference on that i was like this is something that i really need to explore and learn and get into it by that point i had already been a strength and conditioning coach uh long beach state mm-hmm. and at that point i was like something is missing still you have mm-hmm. amazing athletes here i mean you see them the volleyball team at Long Beach State, basketball team, swimmers, water polos, and you're like, and you're just giving them like this much of what you could give them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, man, you gotta exploit those those talents. Right. So when I got into CrossFit, it allowed me to come back around into the strength and conditioning aspect of all that stuff. And I worked there for a few. And then I was like, I need to go on my own because it needs to be more of my vision. Right. compared to like fighting someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met my great business partners and we had the same vision. We had the same vision with business, but also with health and wellness nice. to be able to combine it. Yeah, because you cannot have one or the other. You have to have no, both yeah. right? in order to thrive and to have food on your table as well. So yeah, that's how it happened. And we opened DRS about seven years ago. It's been seven years, girl. Oh God, I know. Can you believe it? Congratulations. That, that was fast. That is awesome. And we opened 2014. And you guys are thriving. You made it through the made pandemic. That's when you know you're a winner. Oh my God, I know, right? You we guys did too? Yep. Yep. We made it. <laughs> some deep breaths, yeah. but we made it. Now let me drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. Uh, yeah. Wow. So did you find yourself and do you still till this day find yourself going through any cultural barriers, learning new things, especially in business? Business can be black and white sometimes. Are there any things that you, you know, you find yourself like, oh gosh, I need, to, let me learn more about this or I didn't know this. Yes. I think forever I will just because in the type of industry that we're in, we're in fitness, health, wellness, wellness, and everything. Nutrition, nutrition, I've been finding a lot more of that. Okay. I think because the nutrition side is starting to open up and everyone's a nutritionist. I've been having a little bit more of that, but I think I will always have it just because the background, but I turned my mindset around where it's a good thing to have that. Absolutely. It makes you unique and it makes you different than if I were just to blend in, right? And so unique is good. Absolutely. So I, I literally changed that mindset. I think Love it. Yeah, a few years ago where I was like, this is a good thing, yeah. you know? And those that will believe in that. They'll roll with you. Around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to be able to provide for everybody because then someone else will. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I changed that mindset, I was very much at peace with that. Instead of always kind of fighting it, right? Like like an unfair type of game. It's like, oh, right. just, this is how it is. And this is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And this is how you thrive. And then you just whoo, took, took, took off. off. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Ooh, let's go. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you found your uniqueness. You know, you found what made you special. And the people see that and appreciate it. And look, seven years strong. That's, that's yeah. remarkable. The team, the team is where, where it's at again. Starts people with people first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Your people is what, what keeps you up and you get to 
bounce ideas back and forth and you know you guys are like a core group where it's like okay mm -hmm. you understand each other's gonna be similarities but also differences and it's like all right what's our actual mission and vision that's it okay but that's the team the team can do it alone absolutely oh i love that chad <laughs> oh my gosh put in a shirt inspiration man there's so many kids like in the inner city who will be able to resonate with your story and not coming from Mexico, but they have a lot of those same barriers yeah. that yeah. you, yeah, that you experience and some of those obstacles that and challenges that you experience. Mm -hmm. And I think you are a perfect example to say it could be done. Yeah. I came over here knowing nothing yeah. at 13, yeah. not being able to communicate. Yeah. But you can't well, talk on. to those kids. And you know, it comes down to culture, but also what about those kids that don't have the financial mean means for right. absolutely. absolutely. Right. No, came like that. We didn't just weren't loaded or anything like that. And it's like that struggle. A lot of people thrive off of struggle, but then again, you could change it to where I'm not thriving because I struggle and I had a hard time growing up, right? Mm -hmm. It's more like I'm, I'm thriving because I understood it. And I used it to mm -hmm. be a mindset. mindset. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah. That mindset. Absolutely. Kids are amazing. They just have to have that, that opportunity and the guidance. You don't know what you don't know. And then you guys are, you guys are teaching, teaching more about stuff. Like you guys teach me still about ball where it's like, Oh, I didn't know that, you know, and, and knowing <laughs> that if you don't know what you don't know. Then you're just stuck mm -hmm. here. Right. You start to open those eyes. It's like, okay, well then now that's reachable. Now I could do that. Mm -hmm. Now I could reach for the stars but if you don't know where the stars are stay you're in not. your lane yeah. yeah all right listen lacer it's time so we have a thing here we do at unlace project where oh, after, <laughs> after we go stretch <laughs> now you're good you're good you're good you to stay start. right where you are okay <laughs> that after we've unlaced the story that makes you who you are um, we like to connect it back to a shoe that represents you. A shoe. Okay. A shoe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're going to unlace your shoe to you. So your, oh! shoe, your shoe is. All right. That, da -da 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 -da. You're the Let Nike Dunk Low What The. What it's the, the What The uh, by Paul oh. Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> you're the what the because when you're going through language and cultural barriers there can be some what the moments oh <laughs> yeah you're like what the, what happened so you're the what the um also just for a little comfort and and whatnot there is the the mexican blanket on the toe mm -hmm. that i kind see of brings that you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is super cool right so, yeah this fire? is you Wait, you see the Mexican colors at the bottom of the salt too. Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. let's go. <laughs> yeah, so that's all you all what the inside of that shoe right there. Very nice. I like this, guys. <laughs> so do I get these pair or like Yeah, just go online and buy them for about eight hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just wasn't needed some guidance of where to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know what you don't is. know. That's right. Thank you for the link. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, tag it on the whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can go at any time. Oh, cool. All right. Well, thank you, you Chad. So I'd love to interview you guys next because your guys' stories will be awesome. I don't have a podcast though because, you know, the Let's time, but I would love to hear. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This takes time. You guys ever gonna unlace each other's stories yeah. or full story? 
Yeah, I'm sure that's coming. Okay, cool. Can't wait. Thank you, Chad. We love you. You have to come back. You're the best. Get and luck with that. those shoes. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go get those shoes. <laughs> Thanks right. for having me, guys. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Unlaced Project. Thank you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.